0: This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And for this episode, I had something happen, I don't know, it's been a number of months ago now, but I was thinking about it and it reminded me of what happens when we do something, whether it's on a scale or little scale, whether it's involving a lot of people or just a one-on-one relationship. But when we do something with the right intentions and the other person takes it a different way than we meant it, that's a really hurtful moment. And it can make us easily kind of turn inward and decide, oh, well, if that's how it's going to be, then I guess it's just too much work or it's unsafe or it's not worth it for me to keep extending myself, to keep uh, trying on behalf of doing something with good intentions. And so what I was thinking of is, like I say, a number of months ago, there was something like that that me and some other people we're doing something with good intentions, and there was some pushback from somebody. And so I was kind of following up with this person that was uh, frustrated and not doing so good and all that, and kind of trying to figure out what was going on. And I texted one of the people that was on not on my side, but that was with me in doing the thing that was misunderstood. I was kind of giving a little update, and he just texted back and he's like, he's, I think he said, ha ha, no good deed goes unpunished. And I, I sat with that for a minute and I thought, man, how often does life actually feel that way? Where we're like, man, I, I sort of feel like me trying to do the right thing has, for whatever reason, almost created this, I, this is overstating it, but almost created this, like, target for me. So I'm I'm trying to do the right thing, and I'm coming at this with the right heart and the right intentions, and then it kind of, to whatever degree, blows up in my face. And then I find myself wondering, like, man, is it is it really worth it? And I realized, so I think I've been in full-time ministry for close to 10 years or a little over 10 years or somewhere in there. And I know that this isn't the attitude that you're supposed to have, but when I went into ministry, my biggest fear was that people wouldn't change. So I thought, man, what if I spend my time working on messages? What if I spend my time leading small groups or Bible studies? What if I spend my time serving and doing ministry at different places around the community, connecting with people, listening to where they're at, and trying to trying to work with them through that? What if I do, now you hear this, right? What if I do all this stuff and nothing changes? Nobody has some big breakthrough. Nobody changes their pattern of behavior. Nobody starts living in a more healthy way. Now, like I say, I I know that that's not the right way to go into things because first of all, change isn't up to us, right? We know that God is the one who brings change through his Holy Spirit at work in people's lives and uh, maybe this is the reason this was kind of on my radar. I'm part of a small uh, group of guys. We go through some, uh, some discipleship type of stuff, and we read this week that um, the Holy Spirit's role is to convict and to bring change. And so maybe that's why this idea is so fresh in my mind and why it's really so on my radar Because I'm reminded of the times that I try to pull back, right, that control or that responsibility or that um, power, I guess, right, to bring about change. And so I went into ministry with this fear. Like, man, what if all this is essentially not making an impact? And then the first, I can't remember if I've ever even shared this on the podcast, but one of the first things that I did in in ministry, I was on staff at a church, and we were over by Detroit, worked a lot with a homeless shelter in downtown Detroit, and I was living in, uh, it was a unique situation because the church had uh, a parsonage where our senior pastor lived. And then the church also had a secondary little place that they had kind of set up to offer like temporary housing for uh, people. They had used it in the past for like people who had had a house fire and needed a place to stay as kind of an emergency shelter kind of a thing. And so when I came on staff, they had me there. And the plan was to use that as kind of a really small scale halfway house. So we worked with this homeless shelter in downtown Detroit and it was really uh only had the capacity to do like emergency shelter kind of stuff. And so people could stay there at night, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't set up to do the long-term recovery of really trying to get people integrated back into working and And getting kind of back on their feet in a lot of ways. And so what I did in my role at the church here was if there were some guys that were looking to take the next step, that were looking to um, not just have a place to stay at night at this shelter, but to really get back on their feet, to do some discipleship and to do some job training stuff and um, to do, in a lot of cases, uh, some drug and alcohol abuse and addiction recovery, these guys would come and stay with me. And it was, like I say, a super small-scale halfway house. Uh, the, The most people that ever were in there with me at the same time were two people because this is just a really intensive thing. And what I found, and maybe those of you listening already know this, but the recovery rate for people that are coming out of a drug background, for people who are coming out of an alcohol addiction, alcoholism background, the recovery rate, depending on where you look, but one of the kind of top numbers that keeps popping up is about 3%. So this is something that this addiction, you know, and part of it is because an addiction to drugs or to a excess of alcohol, uh, when you fall off the wagon one time, it is so much more destructive to your life than... A lot of other things would be right. So the years that I—I I think it was two years ish—that I spent doing this, maybe less, I don't know, a year and a half, something like that. So the time I spent doing this really showed me that the difference between these guys that would come and stay with me, when they relapsed to their go-to addiction. And when I relapsed to my go-to addiction, which I've talked about in the past, uh, pornography has been something that I need to really be careful and really guard myself against. But what I saw was if these guys fell back into using drugs or fell back into drinking, uh, you know, when, when there's the alcoholism, it, they can't really handle moderation And so it's one step in this direction, and next thing you know, it's excess, excess, excess. And I watched and I saw, man, the way these guys, um, their lives are just shattered by one time of backsliding, one time of relapsing. And so that's why the recovery rate is 3%, because they have to go from, Using, to basically never using again in order to get back on track in life. Where for me, if I'm behind closed doors on my phone, on my laptop, and I look at porn one night, it doesn't wreck my life. And if I don't tell anybody, nobody knows. And so I I watched this play out over and over. And... Remember, I told you going into ministry, my biggest fear is what if people don't change? And then I'm in this role working with um, working with this really unique situation where it would almost be drilled into my head. Hey, people don't change. People don't change. Watch. You're trying to help people change and they're not. And as I um, watched a few different guys that came and stayed with me relapse and then kind of disappear and fall off the radar for a little while, I was challenged with my biggest fear, right? That people wouldn't change. And actually in the midst of that, I think that God used uh, the combination of kind of what I was already thinking and fearing and what I was in the midst of to point at some things in me. Because I realized that actually I shouldn't be worried about what happens if other people don't change. I should be worried about How I change as a result of feeling like, man, is this making any impact in the first place? Because I saw that there was this tendency in me to go, okay, I'm working with the third guy now. The other two guys have, you know, relapsed and wound up back living on the streets or you know, for a period, don't even know where they are at all. Don't even know if they're alive, to be honest. And I found myself going, okay, as I got this third guy in here, um, yeah, we can be a little bit more laxed about, you know, actually doing a little Bible study every day. We can be you know, like it's, I'm not going to really give as much of myself. I'm not really going to invest as much because it's hard. I don't feel like it. And you know what? I don't really know if this is making a difference anyway. And I watched me as a result of worrying that other people weren't going to change. I watched me change and not for the better. I watched me care a little less deeply, right? Because I'd, I'd been hurt. I had invested so much and I, I'm like, hey, we're moving in the right direction. And then I watch what happens when things kind of fall apart. And as I think through that pattern in my life, I'm guessing that You know, it it probably plays out in different ways for every different person that's listening right now, but I'm guessing that we all know that feeling, right? We all know the feeling of whether we're actually throwing our arms in the air and saying, ah, whatever, or if we're just doing that internally. If we're saying, you know what, I don't think that this is a battle worth fighting, Right? When it comes to a moment of parenting, when it comes to a moment of having a tough conversation that you both know is going to be tough with your spouse, when it comes to, I don't know, whatever relationship-wise you're dealing with at work or in your community, or if there's a, a ministry that you've been volunteering for at your church or at a local ministry that's making an impact in your community and you're, you're watching and you're going, man, I feel like I I might as well just be putting one foot in front of the other every single day because I'm not seeing a whole lot of results here. I want to share with you from Galatians chapter six, Paul writes and uh, Galatians six, verse eight. He says, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Now, if you're, you know, if you're not very familiar with scripture, this sowing and reaping, this is a common idea through a lot of scripture. And part of the reason why it's all throughout is because the people who were hearing and reading these words the first time, they would have understood agriculture and agricultural terms. And so sowing and reaping is all about planting, sowing. You're planting the seeds and you're putting in the work to prepare the ground and all that kind of stuff. And then reaping is the end result, is taking in the harvest. And so Paul's saying, whoever sows, whoever lives life planting the seeds, that's pleasing their flesh. From the flesh, they'll reap, receive the the harvest at the end. They'll reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And then he says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And it's a really simple reminder from scripture in this episode. It's a really simple reminder that I've needed a bunch of times throughout my life. And I'm guessing that I'm not the only one. I'm guessing that there are some of us like me right now who are listening and going, yeah, I've become a little weary of doing good because you know what? I'm just not seeing the results you know what, things aren't happening as quickly as I wanted them to happen. Or things aren't happening at all the way that I was hoping they would go. And I'm just getting burned out. I'm just getting tired. I'm just getting overworked. And you know what, I don't know if I really have it in me to keep trying, to keep caring, to keep giving. And Paul starts this idea with this metaphor of reaping and sowing. And I think part of the reason he did it is because there's a gap between planting a seed and getting back the harvest. And he's reminding us, don't become weary in doing good. And he says, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I want to encourage and challenge all of us, myself included, that right now we're in the middle of something where we're we're doing our best, right? Where we're really trying to honor God with the way that we're uh, investing in this situation, or in this person or in these people. And if we're looking at it and going, man, I'm in the middle right now. I've been doing a lot of planting. I've been doing a lot of sowing. I've been doing a lot of whatever it is that I'm doing. And I just don't know if it's making an impact. Paul's reminding us that if we don't give up, there's going to be a harvest. So don't get worn out. Don't get drained. Don't get run down and say, you know what? I'm throwing in the towel on this because I'm just not seeing any kind of an impact. I'm not seeing that it's making any kind of a difference. He's reminding us that that moment right there is a common human moment, right? Everybody knows what that experience feels like, where you feel like, man, I might as well just be banging my head up against a brick wall for all the difference that this is making. And he's saying, don't give up. Don't get tired. Don't get worn out. Don't become weary of doing good. Because it is worth it. And I want to echo his words for anyone who's in the middle of something tough right now. Where you've been looking around and saying, I don't even know why I'm trying. I don't even know why I care. I don't even know if I can care anymore because this is just beating me down to do things with the right intentions, the right motivations, and to feel like I'm getting smacked down for it, to feel like it's all just blowing up in my face. Don't you think that's how Jesus felt much of his life? as he's teaching and we've we've talked about it in a, a couple of recent episodes, that, you know, these religious leaders, as Jesus is teaching and healing and changing lives, people are trying to shut him down. People are trying to prove him wrong. People are trying to get him in one of these moments where they can say, Aha, you're not who you said you were you don't have this authority. You're not a legitimate teacher. All these, they're just trying to shut him down. And what he modeled is something that's so challenging to actually live out. But he just kept doing his thing. He kept doing his thing. He kept doing his thing. He didn't become weary of doing good. And the end result is this beautiful life that we all look back on and are inspired by the way that in the face of persecution and unjust arrest and torture and murder, uh, opposition at so many turns from, I mean, like if you, if you take it out of the context of the bigger story, some of these moments are almost laughable. You know, people are getting mad at Jesus because he heals someone on the Sabbath. People are getting mad because he's bringing restoration and health and wholeness to people. And the religious leaders are getting mad at him because of that. And we look back now and we find such hope and such inspiration in his perseverance, even while from his perspective, he could have easily said, Man, I'm doing literally all the right things, and I'm facing all this, all this resistance. I'm dealing with all this friction and conflict. Man, is this even worth it? Am I even making a difference? And we watch. Day after day after day, he just kept giving. He just kept investing. He just kept loving. He didn't get sidetracked by all the stuff that people were trying to sidetrack him. He didn't become weary in doing good, as Paul would say. And that's the model for us. Are we going to do it perfect? I don't think so. But with that as our inspiration, let's remember, even in moments, where it feels like, man, for all the difference I'm making here, I might as well just be beating my head up against a brick wall. Um, The results side of things, that's not something that we can control. But in the middle of waiting and asking God to bring change, to soften hearts, to bring his hope and healing to people's lives. We need to remember, let's not become weary of doing good. And he says, Paul says next, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So let's not give up.